I eat a fry every day this summer. Go from that building site. You know, now again, we didn't win, so maybe it wasn't the right thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I should have been there the food and the pasta. <laughs> OTB AM, live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM. With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. So some small portions of the world were hoping that somehow the arrival of Erling Haaland might complicate things from Manchester City to the point where they looked human. The opposite has, uh, of course, happened at the weekend. We're in the midst of our overreaction to the first weekend. I'm delighted to say Sam Lee of The Athletic is with us. Sam, that was about as good as it gets for Manchester City fans. Everything went straight to plan. It's like, uh, you know, the A-team at the end and uh, he's Hannibal going, I love it when a plan comes together. Yeah, especially so quickly. Uh, City haven't normally started the season that um well, that quickly in the last couple of years. Obviously, they lost at Tottenham last season. Guardiola doesn't play too many friendly games. Uh, City haven't won at West Ham for the past couple of seasons either. So it could have been quite easy to think, OK, they'd be a bit rusty against a team that's going to be you know, ferocious in their faces, dangerous cap attacks. It's obviously the way that Guardiola thought, OK, we're just going to keep the ball. This is how we're going to do it. As David Moy said afterwards, he went, they were better tactically because we couldn't prepare for it because we hadn't seen it before. And then obviously that does include putting Haaland into it. And yeah, that, that little thing in the second half that we saw, as soon as West Ham did try and step up a bit, leave a bit of space in behind, De Bruyne to Haaland, that supply line is up and running already and it probably will carry on that way for a while. So yeah, like you say, very good start for City fans. His brilliance was fairly obvious on television, but anything that you picked up in the stadium that the rest of us wouldn't have seen to, to illustrate further how good he was? I, I think it's just the fact that He's so fast and he's always looking to go. And I think, I mean, maybe defenders will get used to it eventually. But I think obviously at the at the moment, there's this aura around him as well, where he's kind of unknown how he's going to fit in. So the defenders respect him so much. You know, if he goes in behind, then you're, you've got to go with him. And then obviously that backs off the defensive line and creates space for everyone else. I think it's just that kind of level of respect that he's got. And it probably will stick around because, like I say, he is going to, well, he's probably going to be really good. He is always going to be really quick, and he's you know he's lethal in front of goal. So he will always be respected. But especially on opening weekend, it did seem like everyone was like, well, "Okay, well, we need to like kind of stop this guy." And they're kind of jumpy and and just just going with him everywhere, um, which opened up spaces elsewhere, and still couldn't really stop him. I suppose the caveat to that is the fact that um, they had Ben Johnson playing, who's a right back playing at centre back, and Kurt Zuma for the second goal. He hadn't been able to move for about fifteen minutes, so it wasn't the most kind of capable centre back pairing. So it might not necessarily be like that every week, but when you've got somebody who's that quick and that deadly and that willing to run in behind, and as he said himself, very rarely offside, that's you know, that's a kind of dangerous kind of combination, especially when you've got all the players behind him ready to back him up. It's not bad. Uh, how does it alter the geometry of how Manchester City want to play? Because we haven't seen them with that type of centre-forward. I don't really think we've ever seen a Pep team with that type of centre-forward, really. Maybe because Haaland is, is so unique in that he can come yeah, and do everything that everybody else does. So it might be unfair to ask it. But um, maybe there was a time when they played a little bit with a, a normal centre-forward at Barcelona with Pep there but not for particularly long and like generally messy so that's totally different as well what 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 does he do to what Pep is trying to do and how does he alter that 
Yeah, well, again, I suppose it's best just to go with what Guardiola was saying afterwards in terms of how the team works. He did say Haaland's an extra weapon. So I mentioned, you know, once West Ham kind of stepped up a bit and left spaces, Guardiola was like, look, in those situations, our guys have to find him because they know he's going to be there and he is that extra weapon. Um, but he was saying, look, we're going to have to, have to still keep going left to right, right to left, you know, patiently. Um, and I, I guess we kind of, I think we did kind of see that because it wasn't like City were playing these very direct passes in behind the whole game. Um, they were trying to manoeuvre situations. In the first half, they were getting the ball out wide. They couldn't quite get it to Haaland. But so it, I think in some senses, they're still going to have to do what they used to do to be patient. It's not just going to be direct balls forward all the time. And I think we'll probably see that even a, a bit more when it's at the Etihad and teams come and sit back and, and defend. And I'd imagine that'll be Bournemouth's approach at the weekend. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see and we'll see how it goes if it's not. Um, but yeah, when there's teams sitting back and not giving you much space, it's still going to have to be quite patient and Haaland's going to have to fit into that. And that's the kind of thing about Lewandowski at Bayern or Aguero at City. That, you know, classic number nines, but doing... Lewandowski did kind of more positionally different things and kind of dropping out to the right-hand side and making space for others. And obviously when you got Thomas Muller around, you could make space for somebody else who's a, a clinical finisher. Aguero obviously had to change what he did. So Haaland will have to adapt some stuff. Um, City will adapt some stuff, as we've already mentioned, with the balls in behind. Um, but there's, there's still going to be a lot of kind of classic City things going on. And I think we saw that at the weekend because with the fullbacks coming so narrow inside alongside Rodri, it looked very new, but it's kind of like a recycling of the old ideas. And ultimately, the goal was the same. And the goal of the aim was to have a lot of possession, obviously, and just stop the counterattacks through the middle. So that's why we saw for large stages on Sunday, West Ham and the fans in particular, just completely deflated because they couldn't really go anywhere. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't build up that head of steam. And then obviously, when they tried, Haaland got in behind. So that's kind of how you know City are hoping for it to go over the next few months. Well, yes. Uh, specifically for the rest of this season then who like we we have seen the team change occasionally but it looks now like we have a starting 11 is that fair or close enough to certainly 8 or 9 of a starting 11 um, I suppose it probably is um, if I just run through them Edison, Walker, Cancelo Diaz probably um, and the, the, the other centre back with Diaz it could be any of them Rodri for sure um, De Bruyne, although you'd say Bernardo Silva, but he obviously didn't play at the weekend and, and Gundogan did. Obviously, Haaland. I think Foden would always be in it. And I suppose it's between Grealish and Mahrez then. So, yeah, probably eight or nine. I do think it's been like that for a while, certainly a couple of seasons ago when they got to the Champions League. There was nine you could bank on by the end of that season. Um, but I suppose that was by the end of the season. And already coming into this one, we've got an idea of who it's going to be. But, you know, if Bernardo's on the bench, then that's a great option. Stones and Laporte, one of those on the bench. Great option. Um, Alvarez coming on. I know we're talking about Haaland. And Alvarez did get on at the weekend and he wasn't, uh, he didn't get any kind of headlines at all. But I think he'll be a really good player. Um, the five subs helped them bring on you know, Cole Palmer, got more minutes that he probably wouldn't have got the three subs, the, the 19, 20 year old academy graduate. Calvin Phillips, new sign in, he got on for like three or four minutes at the end, which he wouldn't have got with three subs. Um, so they have got those kind of options as well. But you're right, there probably is a, a fairly settled element to the to the team already but I don't think they're going to play like they did against West Ham every week so both fullbacks coming right inside into midfield probably not going to happen all the time so they've got that set 8, 9, 10 but it's going to look different week on week I'd imagine Does this completely 
I, I guess, reinvigorate Jack Grealish's Manchester City career? Like, does his is his role better suited now to somebody who's going to be playing through the middle, who's going to be expected to score the lion's share of goals? I think, in terms of like reinvigoration, I think the second season was always likely to to be better than the first. Uh, playing through the well, I mean, he was very wide on Sunday in terms of playing through the middle. I think there'll be opportunities to get goals. I think one of the things Guardiola praised about him afterwards, and maybe this is one of those things to kind of give him a bit of praise, even though he wants a bit more, or maybe he was genuinely pleased about everything he did. But he praised how Grealish held onto the ball and attracted the men when he needed to, and then he released them. And obviously that's something he was doing last season. That's something that Guardiola praised last season, but it's not something that's going to get your average football fan to go, that Jack Grealish is worth 100 million, isn't it? Look how he attracts players. Well, nobody, nobody wants him to do that but obviously Guardiola does and that's the most important thing but we're all sitting here going why isn't he taking people on why isn't he scoring goals um, I think just last season Sunday he did a lot tactically of what he was expected to do I think everybody expects him to do a bit more on top of that in terms of things like assists and goals uh, I think that there's a good chance that would improve this season anyway in terms of the kind of team he's in a bit more dynamic a bit more spacing behind I think Foden and Alvarez are the players to kind of be aggressive and attack that space in behind. Grealish is probably going to have this other kind of role where he's kind of picking the ball up deeper and carrying it up the pitch. And we did see that a lot at the weekend and Cancelo was doing it as well. So it's, again, they're probably not going to play those every week. But Grealish has definitely got a role to play. Um, but in terms of going through the middle and being asked to score more goals, I'm not sure if that's necessarily I, I meant, different. Sorry, I meant uh, Haaland having a, a central figure in oh. Haaland and how that impacts Grealish out wide. Right. Um, yeah um, the only thing with that is because I was thinking about the, the way the kind of City played last season obviously there'd be a load of different things they can do um, but normally in terms of what I was saying so at least there's some relevance um, of Grealish carrying it down the line and attracting men he would then kind of knock it back towards Cancelo or Rodri and they'd either switch it or put it into the box so normally it all, it would still be somebody else putting the ball into Haaland um, but yeah if we're talking about him carrying the ball there's going to be opportunities to, once you get the ball, if you on some kind of transition, Haaland will be making that run. So if you can slip it in behind, brilliant. If he carries it to the byline and cuts it back, I'd say there's a decent chance Haaland will be there. There was one he wasn't there for at the weekend and he was really annoyed. But yeah, I mean, obviously, I probably talked about a minute on something that he didn't actually ask. So I'll keep this short and say, yeah, if he's got somebody in the middle that he can just knock the ball to and score, then all of a sudden people are putting Jack Grealish in their fantasy football team because he's got six assists by Christmas and he costs seven million, all of a sudden people start thinking, oh yeah, he's a good player. Because it can be as superficial as that sometimes. So yeah, yeah that will help. No, it's really interesting stuff, especially kind of like the, the differences in positions and like just, just kind of like on the, the theme of reinvigoration, like this is just like, it, it does feel just from somebody who kind of like watches City in the, the Premier League and maybe not as often as you would have or, and you would have seen him during, prem, or during pre-season, but just the addition of Haaland and how it kind of feels like a totally fresh new squad. Does, does it feel like that or is that just a very on the outside looking in perspective on it all? Like do, does Pep seem like he's he's got kind of uh, kind of fresh impetus this season now that he's got a new superstar in the team? Does it kind of feel like there's just this new energy around Manchester City this season, even though they are back-to-back Premier League champions? Yeah, but I mean, I think that's good because I suppose if you were back-to-back Premier League champions, there wouldn't necessarily be that energy. Although I suppose at pre-season, it's pretty rare to look at the champion, especially when it's City, and to think, I'm not sure. You know, normally we go into it with optimism, no matter who it is. Um, I think the new, yeah, the new energy is mainly Haaland-related. You know, he's just driving everything. I think Guardiola is kind of 
same old Guardiola in a way that he'll always try and find new things and it seems like that's that's, that's what he's doing. But, you know, he's not especially you know, in, a, in a good mood and bouncing around on the training ground or whatever. He's got a year left on his contract and everyone's wondering when that's going to be resolved. So that's, the Guardiola energy is the same energy that's kind of got City to where it is. The main new one is Haaland. And I suppose the other thing in terms of a new team, it's pretty much, a lot of it's the same. Like I say, it was kind of new looking ideas, but we're, we're actually recycled and towards the same aims as before, um, but in a new, newish looking way. The team is mainly the same, but it's like it's been just retooled and rearmed up front with Haaland there. Um, Foden on the right, which as far as I can tell, I don't think he's ever started a game on the right. I know he would always like to, and now he has done. Um, Grealish on the left, obviously, he's only been there for a season, so that's new. Alvarez came on, um, Cole Palmer came on, and look, this isn't how it works because they will need the whole squad over the season if they want to try and win three, four competitions. But Obviously, with Jesus leaving and with Sterling leaving, there was a bit of concern among the fans, and I can see it myself, in terms of they've maybe lost a bit of dynamism on the right in terms of pace. Um, you know, Maybe we'll see that over the season, maybe we won't. But on Sunday, at least, nobody was sitting there going, oh, you know, they need Sterling here or they need Jesus here. Like those, those players that they may miss or they may not, it didn't feel like it on Sunday because it was just like this completely new forward line um, kind of, furnishing the old, the old kind of way of doing things with all the the old kind of players that have been reliable for the past two to three years. So it's basically that spearheading of the attack. But I think that is dragged along by Haaland just because he's just so good and so excited that people are interested. And as you kind of um, referred to at the start, there's there's you know there's people around, probably quite a few, who, who don't want it to work. Um, there's a lot of City, well, every City fan, want, they do want it to. And it's going to be fascinating to see, like, whichever, whatever happens, whichever way it happens, it's going to be fascinating to see over, the, well, this season in particular. And then if it does click, then beyond that, you know, you, you're thinking how many goals can the guy score? They were obviously in the market for a left back who they were going to pay a lot of money for, who might not have played that much football. Or is this, is the point of that then that you can just interchange your fullbacks and there's no diminution in quality. And so you always have an 8 out of 10 who's fit and ready to go and who plays 30 games instead of 60 games. Yeah, I think that's pretty much the idea. But I mean, so at the moment, they've only got two fullbacks anyway. They've got Walker and Cancelo, and obviously they're great. But I don't think any team in the Premier League, you, you wouldn't say, oh, that's fine. You know, you, if Liverpool decide Alexander-Arnold and, and Robertson, you think, that's not, that's not quite enough. And obviously, the, the more you get down the, the division, you think, what are they doing with only two? Um, in terms of a lot of money, yeah, okay, like forty million to to probably most English teams is a lot of money, um, but that's where City drew the line for Kukurea. Forty million was it, and you know Chelsea have spent what was it fifty seven plus add-ons for sixty three, something like that um, for Kukurea, and they've already got Ben Chilwell, so it's the same situation. But obviously, Chelsea have spent more, and you know I, I guess that's just how it is at the top of the game. Um, but it, I mean, in, in this case. I think City fans would probably rather they spent probably not quite that much. But if they'd have gone to 50 and been able to get him, I think City fans would have been happy because that's kind of the one concern if we're talking about the balance of the squad going into the season. Um, they don't have those alternatives at left-back, but it may come down to using Nathan Ake there or um, the young lad, uh, Josh wilson Esbrand, who's 19. Um, he looked quite good in pre-season, but you, know, it, you have to be something special to be for Guardiola to rely upon you or to, to use you a lot as a, as a young player. And he's good, but, you know, everyone kind of thinks, well, what happened to Phil Foden? Phil, Phil Foden is unreal. Phil Foden is 
like, unbelievable. Like, if he'd come from Barcelona, you'd, he'd be like a £150 million player. Yeah. He just happens to come through at City. Like Josh Wilson, his band is good, but not that. But it would be interesting to see how that works. But yeah, that's probably the one, well, is the one area that City are looking at in, in the transfer market before it closes. Because like I say, just that two fullbacks is, it's sailing fairly close to the wind. Okay. Even for a squad as as deep as cities, so we should expect some some business, perhaps if the right option comes up well, in the next three. Well, weeks. yeah, well, that's the, that's the thing. It's the if, isn't it? You know, if they weren't going to they weren't going to spend forty million on their top choice, they don't have to go to somebody when the season's already started for somebody they didn't necessarily think was as good, and the club probably won't want to sell and would want lots of money. So. I don't know how easy that's going to be, but yeah, yeah they'll, they'll certainly try. Fair enough. One, one last question. Calvin Phillips, is he just going to get game time in that midfield and a fairly similar situation? He kind of uh, comes in, there's resting, there's rotation, and it's a similar level to the existing central midfielders, or is there a clear pecking order at the moment? Yeah, there's definitely a pecking order at the moment in the sense that he's more of a holding midfielder than obviously the one they've got, Rodri. They knew, and he was fantastic on Sunday, but they knew going into the season we want somebody who's going to come in and be capable of playing and play to a city level uh, and contribute and play a lot of games, but they're not going to be coming in expecting to play every single match. You know, there were more high profile targets, more expensive targets that they knew, well, they knew were better players than Phillips and Phillips is very good, but they knew there were better options out there, but they didn't want that better option because obviously cost double the money, but also they would come in and think, well, I want to be playing every game. And, you know, it's quite a delicate balance. Guardiola likes a small squad. He knows he has to leave players out. He knows he needs to bring players in quite a lot. And if you don't like being on the bench and you're in a bad mood and all of a sudden you come back in, you're not necessarily going to be training at your best. So that's why they bought Nathan Ake two years ago. And obviously the reality of that situation was he could have gone in the summer because he was like, well, I've not played that much actually. And if I've got an offer to go and do that at Chelsea, then I'll take it. Um, Obviously we saw the players who did go, Zinchenko wanting more football. Um, Sterling, Jesus, they wanted more football. Fernandinho even wanted more football. So that that's where that's the situation they're in. But then you bring in players like if they've got Kukurea, he wouldn't be coming in thinking, well, I want to be playing every game. There's no. an element of, I can't believe I'm at Manchester City. And it's like that with Calvin Phillips. It's not like, you know, I don't make, mean to make them sound like competition winners, but it's not like City of signing, you know, maybe Deck and Rice for 100 million. Who's thinking, oh, well, I'm under a million pounds, I'm going to play every week. Yeah, or Jude Bellingham. It's, yeah, yeah, Jude Bellingham, um, Chouameni, who went to Real Madrid. Chouameni was the one they were looking at, and they knew how good he was, but they were just like, well, it doesn't really work for the balance of the squad. So, yeah, that's kind of City's level, because Phillips was, what, 42 million, Kukurea was 40. So it was like, right, this is the kind of level we want to spend. To bring in players who are good enough to contribute to the squad, but they're not going to kick up a fuss if they're not playing. And, you know, that's the kind of, that's the way they, they maintain that balance in their squad. All right. Sam, we leave it there. Great stuff. Thanks a million for joining us. Cheers. Anytime. Thank you. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.